know we have an awesome music group. They do great work. Hallelujah. Don't ever let the devil tell you that you're alone. He likes to do that, isolate you often, so you can live in fear, cower down and think about this and that. Before you know it, the fear overwhelms you. But he hasn't given us the spirit of fear. He's given us the spirit of love, sound mind, especially nowadays. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, devices or your glasses. <laughs> we want to look into the word of the Lord today as we go into our lesson. Um, the title of this lesson in our, our, our booklet here is uh, The Voice in the Wilderness, and this one's uh, a part of being a part of God's plan. How many want in our hand because we're in church together and we don't want to be we want to be a part of God's plan don't we uh, Luke the third chapter verses 1 through 6 <clears throat> now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea Herod being the tetrarch of Galilee his brother Philip pastor the Philip Tetrarch of Iturea, and of the region of Traconitus and Lysanias, the Tetrarch of Abilene. That's not in Kansas either. Verse 2, Annas and Caiaphas being the high priest. All of that stuff going on, all of these big, big wigs and big name people, Here's what happens. And the word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias, into the wilderness. Aren't you glad for the word? Verse 3, he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. to somebody that gets in the way of them getting to the Lord. Don't want to do that. Verse 5, every valley shall be filled. How many walk through a valley? Aren't you glad for the comfort of God's presence when you walk through the valley? It may look bad, but you know what? He's making it better for us. It may look it may look wicked. It may look evil. It may look like we're not even winning. I'm here to tell you. Read the paper. It may not look good, but you know what? He's going to make it good. Why? Because I walk with him. Yeah. The valley's going to be made, filled in every mountain, and the hills shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight. And the rough ways shall be made smooth. And all flesh, let's say all flesh, shall see the salvation of God. Lord bless you, you may be seated. If you want to be a part of God's plan, you can. 
I'm glad I'm in God's plan, aren't you? Even though sometimes it may seem like it's kind of getting got off track a little bit or something like that, you're still part of God's plan. When I was coming up here this morning, I thought of um, examples and instances that can help us uh, remember uh, phrases and things from today's lesson. And um, sometimes God's plan requires us to be used of God. You still with me? But I remember, um, I don't know if they still have chalkboards in schools. All all whiteboards, huh? I remember chalkboards. All right, now it's not going back that far. Where we had this little wax tablet and everybody and all the grades set in the one room schoolhouse with a cold stove and, you know, and everybody etched in with their stick on this wax tablet. It wasn't that bad. It was a chalkboard. Green. But when you, when the teacher would use the chalk, she didn't always keep it in her hand all the time. She put it down in the tray and then would teach the lesson and stuff. But you couldn't go up there and grab that chalk. She'd say, hey, I'm using that. Well, it, it's in the tray. You're not, I'm using it. Just because it's sitting down in the tray doesn't mean she's not using it. So when you think that you're in the plan of God, and you want to be used of God, but nothing's happening, don't think that you're not being used. Just thought of that. So I'm glad I'm in God's plan. Briefly here, bear with me as I go through these scriptures to find out and see God's plan. Genesis, God created the heavens and the earth, all the fish, the fowl, and the creatures, the sixth day. He knelt down and he formed man out of the dust of the earth and he breathed into him the breath of life. Bible says that man became a living soul. That's what makes us different. That's what makes us special. That's what makes God give us more attention than anything else. Yes, we read in the Bible he takes care of the birds. He takes care of all the creatures and everything and he knows all of that stuff. But you and I are made special. He made us that way. He made us with a, with a desire for him. What we've got to do is make sure our desire is going in that direction and not this direction. It's too easy to desire things of the flesh and desire things that will comfort us. But when you get used and you're in God's plan, we are not made to be comfortable. We are made to be uncomfortable. And we're going to get into that into this lesson. There's sin and evil in this world, and it's come to our doorstep. And it's not for us to lay down and say, oh, God can use somebody else. I hope God makes us and wakes us up in the middle of the night to pray. Why? Because this nation needs prayer like never before. Our neighbors need prayer like never before. Our co-workers need prayer like never before. And it's up to the church of the living God, the church that's brought us together, the church that's breathed into us the spiritual life that we have for us to do something and be used of God. Oh, I feel like preaching a little bit. He made woman for a helpmeet. 
In Genesis 3, sin entered through disobedience of Adam and Eve. And since then, God has put together a redeeming plan for fallen man to restore this relationship back to what it was in the Garden of Eden. We're talking about God's plan here. Luke 19 and 10 says this, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. You want to know what our job is? Our job is to get that over and make sure that that happens the best that we can with our ability to seek and to save that which was lost. He's not here in form, but he's here through us. He's given us his spirit, so we are his voice. We are his eyes. We are his hands. We are the ones that go out and do his bidding. Why? Because the spirit wants to use us in his plan. Saving sinful man is going to require sacrifice of the innocent blood that has to be shed. Throughout the Old Testament, there are types and shadows of Jesus Christ pointing towards Calvary's cross. In Matthew 1.21 says this, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Luke 11 says, To you born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I'm glad I needed a Savior. I'm glad I know his name. I'm glad I've got the ability and I still have the liberty to reach up and to call on his name whenever I need his help, whenever I need his comfort. I can call that Savior's name. John 3, 16 and 17, for God so loved his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm talking about the plan of God. For God sent not forth his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him what might be saved. God's plan. Luke 24 46 through 49, and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but carry ye in the city of Jerusalem talking God's plan until ye be endued with power from on high. We're talking God's plan, and I want to be a part of God's plan, don't you? Acts 2, 1 through 4, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, he looked back into the years and he saw all throughout history how we fell in Genesis and how throughout all of the Jewish history and the world's history, all the way back up and getting up here into the day of Pentecost. It was supposed to happen that way because it was his plan. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with one accord into one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It had filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. It said they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Why? It's the plan of God. The best thing I could do for myself is to get filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues. Not just one time in my life, every day. 
every day. They said, these people are drunk. Peter said, they're not drunk as you suppose, but this is that, which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It went on to tell, and it went on to preach down to verse 37. When they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. Let's say conviction. That's one of the questions in our lesson is, what is conviction? What does conviction feel like? Aren't you glad you can feel conviction? Pray for my wife. She's visiting her brother, taking care of uh, Leona out in California. And when she's around, I behave myself. I'm not saying that I do bad things. But I did buy some cookies. <laughs> and I did eat some cookies. She's listening. I ate some cookies. I'm confessing. I ate some cookies on the way to church today. I don't feel convicted anymore. I don't know what I'm going to eat on the way home. <laughs> you know, I feel like what conviction is. The problem with the world today and our society is they don't feel that. They just don't feel that, and they don't care. That's what's really bad is they don't care. They're going to stuff it down our throat anyway. They're going to show it this way. They're going to teach our kids this stuff anyway. They're wrecking our schools. I pray for you, teachers. Oh, I'm just glad I'm not a student. they got to go through that stuff. Talk about conviction. Paul said something about having a sear or a conscious seared with a hot iron. They don't feel that anymore. They're numb to the fact. They don't care about how it affects people and what it does to you. And just give me my money, China, and we'll just sell out America. Been selling us out for years. What are we going to do about it? This is this is the part where. It's all in the plan of God and God's in control. I believe that like nobody else. But personally, I thought this would all be done by now. But it's not. So what are you going to do about it, Raj? Well, I'm going to work on my grip of grace. I'm going to hold on to God as much as I can, as tight as I can. I'm going to be the best that he's ever seen me be. I'm going to be as close to him as close as I can get. I'm going to read more and read more and study more and pray more and evangelize more, witness more. Why? Because that's the plan of God. I want to be involved with God. If you're not keeping up with the church, when he comes back for the church, what do you think is going to happen? I think you can make that conclusion, can't you? I want to keep up with this church, don't you? What are we going to do, men and brethren? What shall we do? Peter said unto them, repent, plan of God. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is unto you, to your children, to all them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I understand that was written back then. I understand it went through the first century, but you know what? It's still alive today. 
It still happens today. It just didn't end in the church. It just didn't end in the book of Acts. It just didn't end in the first century. Ah, that's old antique religion. But you know what? I want this old-time religion. I've got to have this old-time religion. It's lasted throughout eons. Why? It's a plan of God. 2 Timothy 1, 9 through 12, and this will be my last one here. Excuse me. Who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling? Don't you think that it's just the preachers and the ministry that's got a calling? You have a calling on your life. It's the plan of God in your life. There's a reason why you're here. We preach that all the time. I still need to remind yourself sometimes that you're here for a reason. There's here for a purpose. God just doesn't move on your heart and touch your life and change you and save you and bring you out from here for nothing. It's part of God's plan. But according to his own purpose and grace, which was given unto Christ Jesus before the world began, verse 10, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, Paul says, I'm not ashamed. I know who I believe in. I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Brief explanation of a plan of God. Those of us who obey the gospel according to experience the new birth, being born again of water and of spirit, we definitely have become part of God's plan. We're just starting into God's plan. In the seventh grade, 19-something, I believe it was 71. Some of you weren't around then. <clears throat> I don't know why I took this class called typing. But I did. We had these old typewriters. They weren't IBM electric. They were not electric typewriters at all. You had this, you know, you had to type. Forget the teacher's name, uh, instructor. How many remember typing? Now is the time for all good men to come to the aid of the country. How many's never heard that line? It was part of the typing class, wasn't it? Now's the time for all good men. It's practice. And you had this book that flipped over this way, put it up there. And you had to type 41. Over 40 words a minute to pass the class, and I did 41. But you know what? Nowadays, the best class, one of the best classes I took in junior high, I didn't know what I was doing. Typing. What are you typing for? Typing. Now it's time. Now, listen, now is the time for all good men to come to the aid of their country. Now is the time, not next year, 
Not, oh, well, that was a long time ago. I don't have to be, I'm, I'm not qualified. Now is the time. And it's not to type a line in class. It's not to practice your typing skills. It's to understand that the church now has got to be the best that the church can be. I don't know about you. I'm not looking for the news tomorrow to find out about an election that's going on Tuesday. I'm looking for Jesus Christ to part the clouds. I'm looking for the rapture of the church. But you know what? I want to be the best for it's his plan to bring all the people because my country needs prayer. My family needs prayer. Our cities need prayer. Our schools need prayer. Yeah. I came this close this week from getting in my car and driving to Broward County and finding that teacher that took that group of elementary kids to some gay bar as a field trip. What's going on? Now is the time for all good saints to come to the aid of your cities. God's plan is to use us to reach the lost always, every day. As John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus Christ, we are to make ways to, for the sinners to come to him. Jesus told us that we are to be the salt of the earth. We are to make them thirsty for God. I can't afford to make mistakes. I can't afford to keep my mouth shut at work. I can't afford to just say, oh, well, let them go to hell. I can't afford to make that statement. I've got to bend my knees in prayer and say, God, help us be the church because I'm looking for revival. I'm not looking for bad news. I'm looking for revival. Hey, I want to be effective in God's kingdom, which means doing the things that minimize the worldly influence in my life and maximize the godly influence in my life. What's that, Raj? That means turn off your junk. That means clear your mind. That means clear something on your schedule. That means more time in prayer. That means whenever the doors of the church are open, get there. And don't leave it up to somebody else to do all that work. Because you will improve you. I don't have time to go through the rest of this too much, but I'm going to skip over some parts. The problem now today is our culture, society, doesn't really look at sin like they should. Again, it's a seared conscience. It doesn't, they don't care about sin. They explain a lot of things today through use of euphemisms that uh, uh, makes it feel a little easier to take. It's like the spoonful of sugar, Mary Poppins, that makes the medicine go down. So they don't call sin, sin anymore. They call it, well, it's just moral failure. It sounds more like an official has a dry sort of ring to it. And then the sinner has merely failed, which is if you are listening carefully is a term that implies the sinner at least had courteous to try not to fail. 
it's more than that. Sin is serious stuff. There's a power that comes with sin. There's a power that overtakes man as sin. There's a power to the flesh that says we want to do the things of the flesh and not the things of God. You need power from on high to conquer those powerful sins. The Bible says greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. It's because of the convicting power of the Holy Ghost that we don't do some of the things that we used to do. Like eating cookies. And I don't want to belittle it, but sin is rough. Separates us from God. Well, it's just a mistake. Something that somebody might make in a spelling bee, they sum. Sin, oh, that's just a problem that he has. It gives the impression that there's something bigger than a mistake, but also something that we might associate more with a tough math question, which is perfectly acceptable for a person that's good at math. Oh, it's just a problem. Don't worry about it. Just keep on doing what you want to do. That's just an oversight. It's something nobody told me. Can you claim ignorance in the presence of God? I, I, I didn't know. Yes, you did. Huh. Indiscretion gives the impression that something a person has done is not exactly polite, but has more to do with manners than actual sin. And then there's, oh, well, that's the way. It's because of the parents. That's how he is and how they were brought him up, how he was raised. That's not in the Bible. You know what's in the Bible? Things like iniquity. That's pretty rough. I told you that a few weeks ago when I talked about ordering, ordering our steps. Iniquity is a gross injustice intentionally, intentionally twisting God's standards when one makes a conscious decision to proceed without any thought of repentance at all. I'm going to do it anyway. Trespass, transgression, guilt. This is what the Bible says about sin. Disobedience, unrighteousness, wickedness, evil, shame, fault, ungodliness. Scripture says that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I won't go through my list of things that I put down, but America is in a mess. America is in a mess. Right is flipped over and it's wrong. Wrong is right. Up is down. Down is up. I just want to be close to God, don't you? Count yourself out when you are thinking that you're not in God's plan at all. Oh, that's Canada. Don't worry about that. We have churches in Canada. I'm glad I'm in this state of Florida. We better count ourselves blessed to have who we have in our office. Enough of my political stuff for the day. So God does use you. And don't think that you're too small, that you're you're just disqualifying yourself. Oh, 
God uses those big, big name people, you know, those people that are celebrities. you if you make yourself available. That's God's plan. You realize that when the Philistines were invading Israel, and they were invading Israel when David and Goliath happened, that nobody could fight this Goliath guy, and he'd stand out there for 40 days and defy them. And there was one little shepherd boy that had a relationship with God that God used him to do that and to win that battle. And that's how he could have picked somebody else, but he's picked somebody that had that relationship and that faith that no matter what, God's going to win. So increase your faith today a little bit, and no matter what, we're going to win. Doesn't matter what the outcomes are. Doesn't matter what they report. God's still in control and God's going to win. Amen. If you have that photograph, that photograph of Conrad, I'll hurry, please. I, I, I know I've got a few minutes left, but can you put him up? This fellow is the name of Conrad Heyer. He's from Maine. He's a Revolutionary War veteran. And he's noted with being the first human to be photographed. The first photograph was made in 1826 by a French guy. Somehow in 1753 on his 103rd birthday, they photographed this guy, Conrad. What's that got to do with the plan of God and me today? Well, if you've ever looked into how they develop pictures, there's like a 10 or 12 step process that they start with the film and then you have certain prints and papers and certain chemicals and certain trays that, that they'll pick things up and they'll lay it in and you have to stay in there so many minutes and then it gets picked up and it gets put into this tray for so many minutes, it gets picked up, it gets put, it's a process that you go through in order to get a picture. So if you think that it's tough that going through the plan of God in your life, that God's not using you or you've been waiting and nothing's happening and all this stuff that's bad, you may just be sitting in one of these trays that God wants you in for a certain amount of time because he wants to see his image when it's all done. And if I've got to go back on the anvil to pound more Raj out of this piece of metal that God wants to use, to go back into this tray me I just got to keep the faith and say Lord you're in control wherever you want to do it doesn't matter how long I know and the problem is we're set to our own time frame we're, we're uh, high tech people that throw things in the microwave and I want a hot baked potato in a minute I don't want to do that with God. God's process and God's plan takes some time. And he's still using you and he's still working with you if you allow him to. I want to be used of God today, don't you? It doesn't matter how long it takes. It doesn't matter how long it takes. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, 
but such is common to men. But God is faithful. But God is faithful. I said, but God is faithful. But God is faithful. But Raj, it didn't work the way I thought it was. But you know what? God is faithful. But I don't know why I went through this thing, and I don't know why my eye, and I don't. But you know what? God is faithful. I don't know what happened to all of America before, but you know what? God is still faithful. He's in control. He's got his eyes upon you. And when you go forth in his name and do his bidding and do his will and get involved in his work and his kingdom, it'll stop him and turn even more and say, hey, Raj, what's going on down there in Fort Myers, Naples? I want to do that. He's faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but with all the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So don't think that the enemy's winning, because they're really not. You know what's happening? Is they're getting frustrated. The things aren't working anymore. The people are starting to stand up. That's why they're arresting pastors. You're not listening. You're not supposed to have service. I can't help it. I got to come and worship God, so try and stop me. Well, we'll arrest the pastor and throw him in jail. You know what? Somebody else is going to step up. Why? Because God's plan is going to go on. Hallelujah. I'm glad I'm in the house of God today, aren't you? Let's sing and worship him.
isn't he worth of all of our praise? Thank you, Jesus. Well, I hope I've helped somebody today increase our faith a little bit, be a part of God's plan. Every day you're involved in God's plan. And there's no vacations. Yeah, well, we might get in the car and go somewhere, but you know what? You're really not on vacation. I'm glad he never sleeps or slumbers. <laughs> He's always out for us, and we're never alone. Lord bless you today.